And now, your host of the We Never Play the Game podcast, Zach Klein and Jeff Schultz. I'm promising you right now that you don't know when it's good or bad. You really don't know. Because you don't know what we're trying to do. You guys don't look at the films. You don't know what happened. You really don't know. You think you know, but you don't know. And you never will. You know, I remember him standing up and putting out a hand and saying, you have a coach. And I said, fine. And that night, I was sitting in bed and I watched him do that pig suey thing from the University of Arkansas. <laughs> and I, you know, I was like, ah, uh-huh. you know, I'm just like, you know. You're... Can you imagine being in Arthur's bed or the reaction of his face watching ESPN and there's Bobby Petrino doing pig suey? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know what my reaction was, right? Zach. I, I, I was at home uh, and I got a call from an editor saying, um, you're not going to believe this, but Bobby Petrino just just resigned and has taken the job at Arkansas. Uh, can you write a column? You only have about 40 minutes. <laughs> and my response to my editor was, no problem, it won't take that long. <laughs> and I think I wrote it in 20 or 25. So. Well, you will spend the next 20 and 25 minutes visiting with Arthur Blank, part two of our podcast with him. We talked Bobby Petrino, Michael Vick, and the future of his franchise. Will it remain in the family once he decides he permanently and forever wants to step away. I mean, I, I love for the businesses to stay in our family, but you know, I don't want to, I mean, I feel, I don't want to put that burden on my children. Uh, uh, and I, I don't know really long-term what their interest will be. Um, a, they have to have a passion for it. Uh, they have to have the energy for it. They have, to have the commitment. And then B, they have to really be good at it. Um, because I have responsibility, you know, to our fans. As I said earlier, I think our fans, I mean, I view them as really the owners of these businesses and teams, if you will. And, um, and I, I would never want to put somebody in a place who, you know, kind of viewed it as a hobby. And it says, oh, it's fun. Yeah, I go to games on Sunday, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it, it, it's hard work. It's hard physical work. It's hard emotional work. Uh, you have to make some tough decisions. And, um, you know, often those decisions, uh, hopefully you make them infrequently, but when you have to make them, they are very difficult uh, decisions because they all get played out in in the public. I mean, I just saw Mike Smith as an example on Sunday, and you know, Mike is the you know is the greatest coach that the Falcons ever had. You know, I mean, we'd be here for eight years. We had five winning seasons in a row with Mike. We never had back-to-back winning seasons ever. So it's not easy for me um, to have made that decision about Coach Smith and and uh, me and others. But um, you know, obviously, I was the critical decision maker in that and um it's it's a painful decision because you develop relationship you know with with these folks uh i mean you go to war with them every sunday if you will uh not world war but you know in the sense of the game and um spend a lot of hours with them so when you have to make a change it's it's very difficult so you want your kids i mean they really have to be up to that have to be good at that. I mean, I think John Mara, as an example, is, is you know, um, I'm sure his father's very proud of him. I know Dan is very proud of Art Rooney. Uh, I'm sure that Malcolm Glaze is looking down from somewhere and feeling that, you know, Brian and Joel are really doing a really good job and their American football team and their, uh, and their, their soccer team as well. Um, 
and you go around that room, I, I, I'd guess that Paul, you know, Paul Brown looks down at Mike Brown and feels the same way. Now, there are other situations where, you know, siblings, siblings, family members, kids um, have not been able to make that transition or have chosen not to make it. I mean, they just chose a different path in their life. And so I think as a father, for me, it's very important that my children uh, really develop their own interests and their own passions. If they're in any of these businesses, great. Uh, if they have the capability to do what needs to be done, great. Um, they have to learn the business um, and learn it in the proper way. When they're ready, they're ready. Have, have, not to push you out the door here or no. anything like that. No, no, but no. They, <laughs> but if they... I mean, is, have any of them expressed any interest? Have any of those, I, I, even, I though, mean, even I, over a Pop-Tart in the morning, those well, conversations yeah, I mean, taking place? Yeah, or? well, we don't normally have Pop-Tarts <laughs> in the morning. But, but, but putting that aside, but we... Uh, Sorry, I'm, but, I'm but, trying to get yeah, sponsors yeah, here. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I guess. Lots of bagel, but, much yeah, rather than Pop-Tarts. Yeah, but, but, I, but I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, the kids show interest. I mean, Josh initially had a tremendous interest in football. Mm-hmm. And now he's playing soccer at Elon. So he's, you know, and his passion, he's playing, he played club soccer in Atlanta for, you know, 12 years. And he's at Elon on a scholarship now playing, you know, playing soccer. So that's become a real passion of his. Uh, my wife's son, Drew, played with Josh at Concord. And now, you know, he's got an interest. He did an internship with our soccer franchise. And Josh did as well. Max, my my young guy, I mean, he, you know, he thinks he, he thinks he is the general manager of the Atlanta Falcons <laughs> and he's 15 years old. So, I mean, the kids are all, you know, in different stages. Um, my my daughters, all three of them, they're, well, my older daughters are both involved in nonprofit in a variety of different ways. And um, and my youngest daughter's committed to the theater. So I, I don't know that they have an interest in sports, but we'll see. But, I mean, at some Who point knows? that decision is... Yeah, have to be made, right? Yeah, it's at, at some point. But again, Jeff, I feel like, you know, with kids, I, I really think you rob them of one of the great opportunities in their life is to figure out who they want to be, uh, for what reasons they want to be who they want to be, and allow them to do that and encourage them. And if it means it's something that I'm involved in, great. If you can work with your kids, which is not, sometimes not easy. I've seen many situations. I mean, it's I, I'd say this, you know, only because it's, you know, it's public. I know that, you know, J- Jerry Richardson, owner of the Panthers, who I, you know, um, have a really good relationship with. I mean, Jerry, his one son is now tragically lost to cancer, but, you know, Jerry had to publicly let go of both of his sons who were involved in running the business, the stadium and their football franchise. So, I mean, I can't imagine as a father, you know, how difficult, a, the decision would be, but then they have to do it publicly because of the nature of the business, you know. So, do you think, though, Arthur, that it, the, the Falcons are such a part of your DNA that if your yeah. children do decide to carve their own path and, and not uh-huh. get involved, that because you said 95% of your wealth will go to charity down the road right. and you're going to make a, a nice profit on this should you sell, do you have right. it in you to sell the Falcons? Well, if I think, came? yeah, I mean, I think I, I wouldn't. You know, if my children don't have an interest in maintaining it, if I didn't think they were the right people to be the stewards of the franchise in the future, you know, et cetera, I mean, could it move in that direction? Yeah, it could move in that direction. But, you know, that's a long way away. I'm, I, you know, hopefully I've got, you know, a lot of years left. You owner for 15 years? Yeah, 15, 15 years. 15 years. Yeah. Um, greatest moment so far as a Falcon owner? Oh, boy. Um, Outside of this interview, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I mean, you know, there's been a lot, a lot of great moments. I think when you get within, you know, within ten yards of going to the Super Bowl, that was, a, you know, that was a big moment. Um, didn't get there, but that was, you know, that was a really big moment for us. I remember the year. Uh, I can't remember the year, Jeff. I should remember it, but I don't remember it. I remember the year that we played in Minnesota, and we had to win that game to get to the playoffs. And I was on the sidelines with my son Joshua, and right at the end of the game, and. Uh, we won the game, and I remember I turned around looking at Josh, and he just was crying, and he just you know saying, "Dad, we made it, we made it," you know, just you know, you see the emotion, um, which is different than HD because when the earnings come out, you know, my <laughs> kids never started crying. Dad, that's <laughs> unbelievable quarter. You really did. Wow, the stock's moving up. You know? It's a little, it's a li- emotions at a little different uh, level. Emotions at a different level. Yeah. So you know, I think the emotions of of big wins, I, I think, or, you know, throughout that, you know, I, I remember when Michael Vick, when he was here and that, that run, you know, Green the, Bay. The, no, I, well, I, the win in the, Green well, Bay. A, a, the, the win in Green Bay, when, when Brett Favre told me after right. the game, Brett said, you know, he's the, he's the future face of the NFL. Uh, that was before, you know, 2007, et cetera. But that was, you know, an unbelievable, unbelievable game. And then when Michael, uh, won the game in, in overtime. It wasn't overtime. It was the. It, maybe, it wasn't overtime. I don't think when he ran th- when he ran through those three Viking yeah. players and ran to the tunnel. The mm-hmm. game was over. Right. I'm not sure. Was that overtime or not? You might remember. I think it was. It was overtime. Yeah. It was the last. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, that was. And I remember one of their coaches stopped me on the way way out, and he said, "You know, we have watched that. We we started to watch that, and and he said we we rolled it back two or three times. He said we just never. I mean." We never saw an athlete that could do that. We had three players, you know, that had their arrows on him, and we were positive we had them. So, with the exception anyway. of, um, I grew up in Los Angeles, yeah. as you know, and there was a point in which Fernando Valenzuela, I think, had that in L.A. At least during my childhood, yeah. where he completely captured a city. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen since I've lived here in 1989. I've never seen one athlete completely capture a city and and bind a city the way the way Michael did well I mean Michael you know I mean when you you watch you know games on Sunday you know win or lose he was going to be on ESPN the next morning I mean he he was I mean he was uh, an incredible uh, incredible athlete and Steve Young told me and Steve Young went came to practice, I brought him up there once. He was doing some stuff in Atlanta, we were doing something, some work with our foundation and his foundation in Atlanta. He came to practice for a couple of days and he came to our house for breakfast and I drove him up there and he said, you know, I've never seen uh, or heard of anybody who's, and Steve was a great athlete when he played the position. Mm-hmm. You probably remember when you covered the yes. 49ers. Uh, right. He said, I've never seen somebody play this position who had the athletic ability that, you know, that Michael did and, you know, what he could do with it, he could do with it. And what he didn't do with it obviously probably became one of the great, you know, great tragedies of the, of the you know, period of time. But um, uh, I guess, you know, given the roots of Atlanta and diversity in Atlanta, all of that was a factor. Um, Atlanta has gotten more. Uh, active and retired African-American players in any other city in, you know, in the country. We have a big African-American population here and as fans. So all of that, I think, really played into it as well. And Michael just was a very exciting player. I mean, Michael could, I mean, he was a version of, of being Houdini. I mean, he could make things happen that other people couldn't. You know, his football skills 
probably <clears throat> because of his athletic skills were, were at such a high level. His football skills, this is just my opinion, probably never as fully developed as somebody else who didn't have probably quite the athletic ability, who had to work harder at mm -hmm. their trade. Right. Michael could accomplish so much <clears throat> athletically that he could he could compensate for you know some of the other things. T tell me if I have any of the story wrong. Um, you and many others in the Falcon organization were convinced he he wasn't going to get indicted, and you were on an African safari, and and that you actually were on a plane on the way back home when you heard he was indicted. Is that is that correct? Yeah, I don't know that I never thought he wasn't going to get indicted. I didn't know. I mean, I don't think we knew the facts. I mean, we just didn't know the facts. And I think as the facts started to develop, it became clear that he was more involved than obviously he had told me or told the commissioner and probably others. But I know specifically with me, myself and Roger, um, we didn't get you know, we didn't get a straight story from Michael. Mm. Uh, we found out, and I was coming back from a safari in Kenya. Um, I think I think we found out on that one plane ride before we landed that we he was going to become indicted. It's a phone call up to the yeah. pilot or yeah, something. It was, right? it, was, it, was, it was something like that. Yeah, it was something <laughs> like that. I wish I, I don't remember exactly, Jeff. I was on some, the plane. But no, I, 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 I was on the plane. I still don't remember. But, <laughs> but I remember when we landed, I remember it was, you know, that we knew that, that uh, it had become um, a real issue and that he was in serious trouble. Would that be your low <clears> moment <throat> as an owner, would you say? Um, just because I'm saying because you had so much invested in him, not just from the yeah. team standpoint, personally. I mean, yeah, I think from a personal standpoint, it was it was very difficult. I mean, we you know we had a, a big commitment to Michael. We had uh, signed him to a new you know, a new contract. Um, I, I remember trying to explain it to to my to Joshua. Then it was it was probably about seven or eight years. Let's see, 2007, so that's, what, 2000? So it's about nine years. 10 years ago, nine yeah. years ago. So Josh was, uh, uh, he was about 10 at the time. Um, and, uh, I mean, he didn't understand it, you know. I mean, he had known Michael as the player, et cetera, et cetera, and couldn't understand, I mean, what is They play video fighting? games together, right? Yeah, I mean, he, <laughs> I mean, he just, you know, what, what, you know, what is about that? And so I think as, you know, I was, you know, I was very disappointed, obviously, in Michael. Um, I was, you know, I knew it hurt our franchise. I knew it hurt our fans who had, you know, really committed, uh, a lot of our fans had really committed themselves emotionally uh, to Michael and the way he played uh, and our team. Um, and so it was a very difficult time. There's a disappointment level yeah. with yeah. Michael Vick. Yeah. And then there's a disappointment level with Bobby Petrino. If you're yeah. coming out of a restaurant and you're going yeah. to your car and Bobby yeah. is going into his car, what's that conversation like right now? Today? Yeah. No, I, I mean, I've spoken to Bobby since. I, you know, I wish him well. And I, I, I he's, you know, I, I, but he lied to you and you don't go. Well, he did. And, you know, he wouldn't be the first person that lied to me. And, and uh, I think the way he did it was unfortunate. And that was sad because we had a... We had a meeting here, actually, in this office. It was it was a Monday night football, and there was a lot of speculation. And I told him, I said, I was going to be interviewed that night by ESPN. I said, I'm sure it's going to be one of the questions. Uh, you know, we had already kind of agreed that after the season was over, he was going to move on. He was more suited to the college college program and a NFL program, et cetera. 
Um, it's interesting. One of his players, Brian Brougham, told me that you know the following year when we drafted Matt Ryan. It's a kind of a funny story, but uh, but anyway, what's uh, the story? Pardon? You can share the story. Yeah, well, I'll tell you yeah, in a second. Right. But it was to answer your question <laughs> yeah. first. So anyway, but with you know with you know part of our discussion here was that look, I mean, if if you decide you're going to leave, I mean, I'll, I'll handle this a certain way with ESPN. If you're not, then I'll handle it differently. So just tell me what he said. You know, I remember him standing up and putting out his hand and saying, "You have a coach." And I said, "Fine." And that night. I was sitting in bed and I watched him do that pig suey thing <laughs> from the University of Arkansas. <laughs> and I, you know, was like, ah, oh, you know, I'm just like, we watched it too. Know, we yeah. watched it too. So it was, I mean, it was really. The, yeah, in the I infuriating was, level, where does that rank? Well, I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, it was just obviously wrong. I mean, if he had just been transparent up front, right. and I, you know, I, I mean, I could clearly see this. This his relationship with the players wasn't what it needed to be. Their relationship with him wasn't what it needed to be, and so it wasn't going to work out. So you know, you 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 finish out the season in a way that represents you know right. honor, integrity, and and you move on. And you know, people make mistakes, and it's it's. Did, you know, it's did okay. he express when you guys have had those conversations since then? Did he has he expressed any remorse? Did he apologize I, I at all? For I, I've never talked to him about about that in that way okay. i certainly wished him well and i know he's gone through some personal stuff which is difficult for anybody and uh his you know he's his family I remember liking his wife a good bit and his kids and and what have you okay. but, does there so, any part of you that if you saw him even in a small part of you that would like to throw a pie in his face <laughs> i wouldn't throw a pie in his face i, fist, I, I really right I'm, look at i I, th- I just you know i not a good pie you know you learn you learn from certain experiences in that particular case you know i was you know i was uh, um i probably relied too heavily on our football folks in terms of uh, bobby's results in college mm-hmm. and not enough on the normal questioning and probing I would do from a cultural standpoint, historically, does he fit? Doesn't he fit? Does he represent our values, et cetera, et cetera? There was a certain history there with Bobby that went on before that, um, and I think there was a sense of urgency because he was currently employed and our, our folks involved in making the decision felt we couldn't go back and have a second interview, and it was, you know. And I was trying to be supportive of them. Um, so. we, got, we got two minutes left. Yes, sir. Yeah. I want to know what's on your bucket list <clears throat> that you want to accomplish in your life, and what what do you want your legacy to be? <clears throat> well, you know, I think uh, you know from a tactical standpoint, we want to you know we we we've said this for many years. We want to get some rings, uh, so we want to we want to get our 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 football team to where we're, you know, competitive, again, truly competitive to where we're competing. We're one of the top teams in the NFL. You know, if you get into the, into the playoffs, it's, it is single game elimination. You have a chance to, to go wherever you can go. And I, uh, and I have great confidence, I think, in this, in this coach and, and, and a lot of the directionally things he's doing. So I'd like to see that, that happen. I'd like to see our Atlanta United soccer franchise get launched, not only with the fans, but on the field in a very competitive way. I'm very proud of, of the way they've conducted themselves. And uh, they've been a model. Just got an email the other night from the commissioner, Don Garber, telling me that there's just been a, a, a model startup expansion franchise and how pleased he's been. And he you know, stays in touch with me on a pretty, on a pretty regular basis. Um, 
And all of our other businesses, our PGA business, continue to grow and, and in a difficult industry, the golf industry, and, and do what it's doing, which is very well. Our ranch represents the best of our core values in every every sense. And obviously, all of that has to feed our family foundation, which is where 95% of this estate will end up with in one form or fashion over some period of time and gives us an opportunity to make a difference in the world and people's lives in, in the most meaningful ways that we can. Uh, so, you know, I tell, I gave a speech at Terry, Terry College of Business, University of Georgia, and I told the students there, I said, you're writing your epitaph now. And a lot of the kids looked at me like, what kind of weird thing is that to say? <laughs> and I said, well, really, because you are writing it now. And I said, you know, and some I'm writing mine now. And my legacy, you want people to look back and say, this was a life well lived, a life with purpose, a life that had meaning, a life that did make a difference in people's lives in a variety of, a variety of ways. That all these businesses, uh, starting with the Home Depot all the way through, all share the same core values, the same standards and principles, and uh, and yet with the success and and the good fortune that this man was blessed with and his family was blessed with, they did a lot of good work. Um, and that's a lot of words, um, but you know that's kind of the gist of where I would you know. And I would say you know personally, I would love <clears throat> to have all of my children. Um, you know my my six now nine children uh, you know feel like you know I was a great role model for them a great father um, good person I was heavily involved in their lives um, cared for them and their families deeply Arthur Blank we appreciate the conversation thanks Thank for you. joining us Thank you.